Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like you to come in and just sit right there, and I'll tell you how I became so fucking pissed off this morning. Now, before I begin with my rant, today is June 1st, 2018. It is gorgeous in Southern California, especially in the San Gabriel Valley. We've had June gloom. Ironically, it left beginning of June, but we've had June gloom for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but today, no. You, I woke up. The kids were ready to go. Everybody was dressed. I opened the front door, and there was sunshine and blue skies. And our foothills, which are typically brown come August, September, October of the year, right now they are lush, and they are green, we had birds up in the sky, not one cloud anywhere. There's uh, all of our flowers are blooming and here in our neighborhood, everybody's trying to change to the, uh, you know, to the local flowers. So they're all up and about and it's just wonderful. Uh, the usual parrots that are give the neighborhood trouble were not anywhere to be in sight. So it was quiet and crisp and gorgeous. Uh, and I drove the kids down to the school in this go in this wonderful morning. I dropped off my son, uh, and then I went to drive, you know, drop off my daughter at our local school. And like Jekyll and Hyde, one little fucking interaction, and it fucked up my morning, at least a good portion of the morning, to the point that I'm still like pissed off about it now that I think about it. So this is what happened. At our school, we have this one little. We have two patches where. Kids need to get dropped off. One at the front on the north side, one on the uh, one on the east side. And the one in the north, we have a lot of dads. Where we have a couple of dads there that are helping, opening the doors, getting the kids out of the class, uh, out of the cars, uh, making sure that they get onto campus safe. And then the rest of the cars go on their merry way. And you have about a thirty to 40, forty-five a minute, maybe a minute. Uh, time window to go through this exchange, which should be plenty of time. And because we have parents with vests, you know, helping people along, it tends to move pretty slowly. This is something that we didn't used to have. We've been doing it because the traffic in, on our on that street got to be pretty crazy when people just spent four to five minutes dropping off their kid. On the other side, though, on the west side. We don't have we don't have enough dad volunteers uh, to, to to help on that part, and so you know we're supposed to use the honor system, and parents are supposed to drop off their kid, move on. Again, you have a thirty to sixty minute time, uh, sixty minute second time window to do this. You're not supposed to park there. When you park there, and when other people park there, it causes mad havoc. And so today, what do I do? I pull it onto the west side of this uh, of campus, into the uh, drop-off area. I drop off my kiddo, make sure that she's getting onto campus. I'm about 45, 46, 47 seconds, and I'm on the way out. But there's this been one car that has been parking there, and you can see them parking, get out of their car, and I get it. They have little ones. I get it. They have their tiny little kids that they want to see off, probably in the kinder area. And I'm all right with the fact that you want to do that. Hey, I used to do that when my kids were in kinder. But you're literally parking underneath the sign that says during 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. I'm not sure what the end hour is. That you're not supposed to park there. That it's literally a drop-off area and you could be ticketed if caught. But no, this person, this woman, has been doing this for the last three days and I've been watching her. Now, I've been in a hurry um, 
and so I haven't been saying anything. I, I wasn't able to say anything, but today I I had it, uh, you know. And I know it's the end of the year, and it's a battle battle that I probably don't need to have. But there, I could see the cars backing up on the other side, and that's not okay. So what did I do? I pulled off to the part to uh, you know maybe a hundred feet down the road. I parked and I went over and and I, and I get it. It's an inconvenience because she's getting her kids out of the car. I told her. Ma'am, you cannot park there. She stares at me. I said, ma'am, you're not supposed to park there. She stares at me right back. She looked Hispanic, so I go, señora, no se puede estacionar ahí. Oh, I can understand you. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Then respond. Well, so what does she, she do? She's like, I, I told her again, you can't park there. She goes, well, I've seen other parents do it. I said, just because other parents are doing it, doesn't mean that you should. And just think about the fucking irony of that, right? If your kid, if her kid came to her and said, hey, you know what? People were stealing Nikes. Do people still uh, steal Nikes? Uh, you know, they, everybody was stealing Jordans, so I decided to steal Jordans. You would say, fuck you. You're not supposed to do that. That's against the law. You're not supposed to steal. But here, you're literally underneath the sign, and you're telling me in front of your children, who you're dropping off at school to get a better education and you probably tell them to please follow the rules when they're in there. You are literally telling me underneath the sign other people are doing it. Oh, that pisses me off. And now, because I have been involved in the school and most of the parents know that, uh, you know, it's not like I was being rude. I was just saying, ma'am, you cannot park there. Uh, she starts going, well, what are you, the, you know, the uh, parking monitor? I said, every parent is a parking monitor. And when you're not supposed to park there and you're making it difficult for other parents, then you need to be called out. Now, you've done this for three days in a row, I've noticed. So like, well, why are you, you, know, why are you keeping that? I said, because I drop off kids every day too and it, it creates havoc for all of us. So of course, she's pissed, but now she's got to get in their car because there are other you know, people watching. And she's like, well, are you going to police somebody else? I said, no, ma'am, I'm not here to police anybody else. All I'm telling you is this. You are backing up traffic for everybody else and you need to move. Oh, I got a fucking death glare from, from this woman. And yeah, you know what? She's probably going to, she's probably going to hate my guts the next time that she sees me. And she's going to think, well, that's the asshole that called me out on it. But you know what? I'm okay with that. Because I think it's, I don't want to blow things out of proportion, and, and, and I'm sure, and I remember that it's not easy sometimes when you want to see your kids off and you want to make sure that they're safe, um, you, you look forward to that hug, that's fine, but it is a nice sunny day, it's not like it's raining, it's not like there's hurricanes about you, it's not like, none of that is happening, you could literally just drive a hundred feet down the road, maybe a little bit more, find a parking spot, where there's no restriction and then go and drop off your kids and at that point have all the hugs that you want and you know cry with them and let them know that it's all going to be all right or give them a high five and say go out there and be somebody baby but no we don't want to do that we want what's convenient to us no matter who else we got to you know get stuck behind us and 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 I have a fucking problem with that and I'm in a position to say something about it, so guess what? I do. Um, you know, and, and, it's, and it's interesting. The, the, uh, the person that I was meeting with is somebody that I've known for, for some time now. 
We are both uh, parents. We both have a business uh, background. And so we were talking about a lot of things, but you just can't help yourself. When you have kids that age, you kind of revert back to talking about kids. Um, but, but ironically, the issues that we were talking about had nothing to do related with the kids. That was safe for another day. The issues that we've had or, or that we're having really rely around other parents and what other parents' expectations are of people that are involved in the everyday in the schools. And I'm not talking about the administration. I'm not talking about the teachers. I am talking about the parent volunteers that happen to be on campus all the time. Who, and again, who volunteer. It's not like any of us are getting paid. I haven't received one check other than reimbursement from the school. And I'm okay with that. I'm not griping about that. Uh, my kid has benefited from me being in school. My kids have benefited from me being at the school and being part of their life. So it's not completely altruistic. It is, uh, it is something that, that my wife and I have chosen uh, to maneuver our lifestyle around so that one of us can be there. In the beginning, it was my wife who was in, heavily involved in organizations at school. And then these latter, later few years, I have been involved in, in the schools. Um, and so, again, this is our own choice. But their parents, and again, I, I'm not going to throw shade on anybody's financial background or what they have to do or what choices that they make or how they choose to parent. But when you pass judgment on me um, because you're saying I'm not doing enough, you and I are going to have a problem. Or when you say these are the rules that everybody has to abide by, but not I, go fuck off. Seriously, I have no patience for it. Because I've gotten that, I've, I've gotten that over you know, some conversations like, well, why haven't you done this? And why haven't you done that? And why, uh, you know, question, 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 question. And a lot of the times I, I got to ask back, well, where have you been? Well, I'm not here, but this is what I expect. In uh, talking about expectations, I was at, at a parent, another parent meeting. This was several weeks ago, uh, where there has been some issues and, and you know, with bullying at school or perception of bullying or, or what amount of bullying there is, and you know, they could, uh, schools on occasion have to have a meeting about safety and whatnot. And uh, there was a set of parents there that, <coughs> excuse me, that typically isn't at school. And again, I don't know what it is that they do and how they. You know their house run. Their house is run. All I know is that I don't see them on campus. They are seldom on campus, and when there's events, they are not on campus, right? But they happen to go to this one because it was important to them and it was important to their family. And there, I guess, has been some altercations in the classroom. And the, the, the their child saw some kind of interaction. I don't want to go into the specifics. All I all I know is that there was some, you know. Not inappropriate touching, but there was a little bit of hitting going around the classroom. There was some, you know, rough, you know, rough and tumble going on. And her, their kids saw it. And they reported back at home and might have mentioned, this is their testimony, that they were a little bit, of, they were a bit scared about it. And I get that. I mean, my kids get scared too. And, and, if, and if you're not used to East L.A. violence like I did, any kind of violence is going to you know, affect you. I mean, I live in as close to Mayberry as you can get for Southern California. Um, and so this woman is upset, upset because her child saw this and witnessed it and she's afraid. 
all right, well, okay, I get that. You know, nobody wants their kid to be upset. But she goes on to, she starts asking questions, and it's a finger pointing, literal finger pointing, like, what are you going to do about my child? She should not be afraid to come to school. I get that. I understand that. There's counselors available. I mean, this is not me talking. This is one of the administrators that were there. And, you know, we, we can call, call her in, have a conversation about that. And then this woman follows it up with, you know how bad it's gotten? You know how bad it's gotten? It's gotten to the point where I've had to tell her that she has to stick up for herself. That she has to tell other people, no, that is how bad it's gotten. I, I'm sorry, you guys. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Call me out on it, but really, that's how it's bad and gotten that you've forgotten to teach your kid, you know, protection 101? Come on, man. Really? You've never told your child, hey, use your resources, look around, tell an adult. And yeah, if somebody comes at you, you know, defend yourself. That's never come up. Or did you really expect the school to create this little perfect bubble when there is absolutely no, um, no, uh, you know, there's, there will never be a time when, when nothing bad will happen. I mean, I get it. And I always try to think of myself in the shoes of other parents. If it was happening to, to my kid, I'd be up in arms. But I also give latitude to the fact that life isn't perfect. That, you know, things are going to come up where you are going to need to be resourceful. Um, one of my biggest challenges as a parent is the fact that my kids are not as streetwise as I was. Somebody posted yesterday a video on the Twitter uh, in a, with some kids in LAUSD. It was about three or four seventh grade girls who were going after one other girl and they pulled her to the ground, of course, and they were clawing at her hair. And it was, it was a pretty brutal attack. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You, you never like to see kids getting hurt, right? Um, but, and of course, everybody's chiming in of, oh, this is terrible. And in our day and age, this shouldn't be happening. And I, and I saw it, and it's scary, and, and I get it. At the same time, I grew up in East L.A., uh, I grew up, you know, in a rough part of time, and I grew up there during the 1980s. And I chimed back to one of the people that, w that were talking about this, and I said, well, you know, I, as bad as it is, it just kind of recalls, you know, one of many, many, many girl fights that I saw growing up in, the, um, growing up. Yeah, it's terrible, but, you know, my response was, it brought back a memory of an attack at the corner of Brooklyn Avenue and Gage Avenue in the 80s. It was brutal. It was terrifying. But you would make it think, this happened in the San Fernando Valley uh, at Sutter Middle School. It was reported yesterday, uh, uh, the 20, I'm sorry, the, uh, May 30th, if you guys want to look at the story. Uh, I retweeted it. Anyways, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, and no, of course I don't want to see anybody hurt, but kids have been doing this kind of stuff for freaking forever, Right? Now, of course, we're recording this and we're videoing all of this, but for me, and this is, I guess, part of what shapes my worldview, is that I grew up in a time when being in L.A. in the 1980s, 
um, you looked out for yourself. You didn't walk uh, by yourself. You never, you know, try. You never try to corner yourself in a spot where you're all, by, you know, on your own. You, if you were gonna be by yourself, you made sure that it was in a place that was public. You, you just did not want to. At least I learned these coping mechanisms because I was a scrawny, uh, silly-looking kid where I wasn't gonna put in myself in a place to get beat up. And and I still, you know, had a little bit of that. I was bullied, uh, in 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 high school. Right, but I learned that I'm always on the lookout. Maybe that's a brown people thing that you're always on the lookout. You can't put your guard down, because the moment that you do, somebody's going to come at you. And in the neighborhood that I grew up with, um, it happened. Right, we had cholos running around the place. Uh, there were some places, some alleys that you just didn't want to walk in through. Even if you were in a hurry, shit, I'd rather be late than go through that alley, right? You just kind of knew. You were street smart. You figured it out. You were gone for a good chunk of the day. You knew who you didn't pick a fight with. Uh, you knew when you needed to run. You knew that, you know, that there were some sketchy parts of town, right? And you also learned how to take a hit. There were a lot of times, and I, I, I wasn't a fighter. I wasn't a brawler. I've told you guys, I'm, I, I am mild mannered. I am not, you know, wet side story, which right there in that one reference tells you how gangster I ever was. I was watching musicals when everybody else was watching Lean on Me. Um, but what the hell was my point of all of that? You know, I hate it when I lose my train of thought because then I go off on tangents and whatnot. Uh, anyways, I just knew that you did. There were some places that you didn't go to. There were some people that you didn't talk to. There, there were some conversations that you avoided, uh, because unless you wanted to get beat, or unless you wanted to at least put yourself in the vicinity of getting beat. And even with that, even with you walking the line, you could still get hurt. And that street savviness, it's something that I still use to this day. It's why the reason when I'm walking around with my family, I feel that it's my responsibility as dad. To always keep an eye off the corner of my eye of who's coming, what's coming, who our people are, uh, making sure that other people are aware that I'm aware of what's going around in the neighborhood or around me, right? That is my responsibility. And a lot, and I'm having this debate about how much I have to start passing that on to my children because they need to start being self-aware and, and aware of their surroundings. It's not easy. And again, you it's hard for somebody who has grown up in a rough part of town like I did to then move to a nice neighborhood and to have kids who are living in a relatively safe area and you don't want them to worry. I get that instinct. At the same time, you know that they're eventually going to find themselves out in the world and that if you don't give them the skills now to look out for themselves i mean life has a fucked up way of sometimes of teaching you that you have to and i certainly don't want to get one call saying that my kid learned that lesson one day so yeah i mean i think that's part of oh i was talking about taking a hit right so again because i was not rough and tumble but i did play a lot of basketball and i played a lot of basketball with a lot of cats that were a lot older than i was and i and i and that's where in my formative years that's how i learned to play the game with older guys older they were probably my age i used to go to east la college on saturdays and play ball for hours in the morning with a bunch of 40 year olds uh and you know if you got hit 
unless it was flagrant, if you got hit and you didn't, and you call it, you're being a pussy. Just knock it off. You know, there's some things that you just got to walk off. And so guess what? I learned how to take a hit to this day. I mean, there's a lot of things that I brush off because, you know what? This isn't anything to cry about. My kids, they've learned about that. Is And I, I actually picked that up from another parent saying that if you overreact to what's going on in a given situation, depending on what it is, of course, it's all relative. When I talk about things, guys, it's all relative, right? There's some things that you obviously have to react but you really got to be mindful as a parent of what do you really want to react to because everything can't be a over overreaction or it just it lessens the impact eventually of what you want to teach right if everything is a you know five alarm fire then nothing is so yeah i mean my kid we went camping over the weekend and she was on her scooter and she fell and she scraped her hands Back in the day, when I first had them, it was like, oh my God, baby, oh, oh no, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to have to amputate. Uh, where's all the paperwork for the medical stuff? Where's the closest urgent care? And then I started to think back, shit, man, I used to, you know, run around uh, on my street, get hit by a car, a parked car, slash my fucking leg open, and I'd be all right. No, my parents were never fucking worried about uh, infection. Like, just... You know, wash it off with the manguera, get, you know, get the hose out, uh, make sure that it's relatively clean. No fucking band-aid. There was no fucking band-aids when we, we, you know, at my house. It was just give it air, it'll dry out, and it's fine. You want to pick at it? Go for it. It's going to take longer to heal, and you're going to have a mark. But, you know, my parents weren't fucking worried about them. There was no Neosporin at my house. There was, you know, my mom worked at a fucking hospital, and we still didn't have shit. It was walk it off, and it was what the fuck were you doing that you got hurt, and it was well it'll heal on its own it'll be all right. I I, I never broke a bone. I, I I was lucky. I've never broken anything, and I certainly don't want to break anything now. I don't know that I recovered because I I have been pussyfied a little bit. I, I'll keep it real. Uh, I don't like getting hurt. Um, I'm brittle. I feel like I'm brittle, but it's like a lot of times. Uh, we, so we learned that, yeah, injuries happen and you got hurt. So guess what? She falls. I see it. And I'm like, oh, and, and of course she's going to have a reaction and it's fair to have a reaction. Of course you're going to have pain. And I walk over to her, not in a rush, but, you know, gingerly walk over to her. And I said, all right. Okay. Hey, hey, baby. It's going to be all right. Let me see the, let me see the paw. And she shows it to me and I see the script. I'm like, all right, well, come on over. We'll go ahead and wash it off. And dad's got Neosporin in his backpack because I have to have Neosporin because bacteria's cat, real people. Um, and oh fuck, and hey, uh, I'm I, this is the problem with fucking YouTube. If you watch one video about sepsis or infections or you look up infections on fucking online, you'll never, you won't sleep. That shit will give you nightmares, right? So I'm afraid of that stuff, and so I'm a, uh, you know, I'm concerned and I'm looking, but you know, gingerly, I, whatever. The panic is, it's inside. It's not going to be shown. It's, I, 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 and it's not that I'm hiding emotions. It's that I want my children to see that this baby is not an emergency. Yes, it hurts. Yes, we're going to deal with it. But this is in the five alarm uh, fire. I will tell you when it is. Right? And there's been occasions when it has been. My oldest had asthma when he, when, when he was younger. 
um, he went through a bout of it. And when you're seeing your kid at 3 in the morning and he's having hard time breathing and you start seeing him turn blue and you're trying to figure out, because we didn't know what it was back then. I don't have asthma. My wife doesn't have asthma. It's not like my sisters. There's no... There's there's very little history of it in my family, so we didn't know what we recognized. And so we're trying to scramble, and we're first-time parents, and we're freaking out. We haven't had any sleep, and, and he's having difficulty breathing. And I'm monitor, monitoring his, you know, his movements and, and trying to call to see where the, how soon the urgent care is open or if we have to go to the ER, where that's going to be because, like I said, I never broke a bone, so I don't know where the ERs are. Um, that's a fucking five-alarm fire. That fucking sucks. A scrape paw ain't. And I'm trying to teach that to my kids. It's the fact that, listen, guys, you don't have to, you don't, it's going to be all right. Not everything is something that we need to rush out and do. And that doesn't mean that dad doesn't take things seriously. It just means that I'm trying to, you know, give things the relative weight that they, that they have to have so that you understand and you can contrast when something's a real issue. I don't know that you can teach your kids gut instinct. Um, maybe you can, but at least for me, it's something that, um, I developed in that, in that rough neighborhood that I grew up with. Like you just get this sixth sense of shit's going down. So I need to be on the lookout. My kids don't have that, right? Because they live in a relative, relative safe place. Um, so I feel like I got to teach it to them through my actions. Uh, and who knows? I could be completely doing it wrong. I don't think that I am. Because what I've seen now develop is that my kids, when other kids get hurt, they act in, in such a way where they are starting to become, they, they, they have empathy and they're trying to soothe, but they're not, they, they're coming from a place of how can I help, not I need to gawk. And to me, that's a big distinction. I want them to be helpful because that is one of my, it's one of my gut uh, reactions is if there's a problem and I am in relative and I'm relatively okay then I need to do something I will step in and say something I I guess that's part of the reason why I had to say something to this woman this morning and why she's going to hate me forever now because listen there's other people that need to be in in the space and you're taking that away from them so Unless somebody tells you or somebody calls you on it, you're you're going to keep on doing it and you're going to keep on screwing it up for everybody else. And if I'm in a position to say something, I will. It, even sometimes, you know, you, I, you say it gets me in trouble. I was, a lot of you guys don't know this, but I'm a naturalized citizen. I wasn't born in this country. I came here when I was 10 years old and about until three years ago, I got my citizenship, right? Uh, yes, I'm an immigrant. Ooh. Uh, so anyways, but you have to go through this process, and uh, I, I had my permanent residency, which was about to lapse, and I needed to renew it, and you have to go to a place out in, the, I think it's Temple City, they, where they have an immigration office. Um, it's it changed names, but it, it's an immigration office. Anyways, I'm there, and obviously I can speak the language. Some of you may say, well, you need some more help, but I feel like I can speak the language just fine. Uh, but there's a lot of people there, uh, and it's a mix of people, right? Uh, there's a lot of Asian folk, there's a lot of Hispanic folk, um, it, it's a mix. And 
not everybody is super well educated. Uh, not everybody speaks the language as fluently as I do. Uh, there's a lot of people that are older, right? Uh, for you immigrant parents, I mean, immigrant people out there talking to me, think of your parents and some of the challenges that they've had over time, just not knowing the language and, and not understanding the culture and, you know, the paperwork that is involved with um, going through, you know, um, when you're buying something or when you're making a transaction, just all of the minutiae that we have in this country as far as paperwork to get through things, that is fucking confusing to somebody who doesn't understand that. And there's this security guard, and we're not talking, uh, you know, immigration, La Migra. We're talking about a security guy, a guy that is paid by some company to sit there and check people in. And this guy has a fucking chip on his shoulder. And I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but here's a cat that has to sit there and answer the same question over and over and over again with people that have difficulty with the language, um, who may not, you know, who may not understand them at the first time, who may are older and may have trouble hearing. And so, yeah, I can see where that gets, you know, that wears on you. But this is what you do. This is your job. And I see like four or five people ahead of me. He is, in my opinion, harassing this woman because she's not understanding. There's some kind of ID that she needs and that she needs to fill out a form in such a way and he, she needs to check in in, in, in such a manner. And he is making it extremely difficult and being really curt to her. There is no humanity in the interaction. And you can see that she's confused and she doesn't know what the process is. And I'm trying to get in there because I'm trying to transact this thing. I'm also trying to you know, renew my, uh, my uh, permanent residency. So I, it's not like one of those things where I need to cause any waves, right? I, I, I'm just trying to do this transaction and get the hell out of there. But I can't fucking stand it when somebody like that takes it out on a person that doesn't have power or who does, may not have as much education or who doesn't speak the language. I just, I can't do it, guys. I'm going to say something. And my wife always thinks like, why don't you just shut the fuck up and just let it be? But I can't. I can't. And if, not if I'm in a position to do something. Put that on my marker when I die. By the way, I want to be cremated. I don't want to. I don't want to be in a hole anywhere. Just get, get, be done with me. Uh, cremate me, anyways. So four or five rows down, and I'm like, I pop over and I said, "Hey, guy, could you just give her a break and maybe explain?" And he's like, "You get back in line, sir." And I said, "No, you're taking it out on her, and it's it's too obvious to me. It's a, it's a very simple thing. Um, could you just take it easy on her?" He's like, "Well, I'll deal with you when you're here. Right now, let me deal with her." I said, I'm just letting you know that it would be a lot easier if you just slow down for a second. It, that was it. Right? I guess he checked himself for half a second and he answered a question. And in like in 30 seconds, the entire thing was, uh, her, his exchange with, with her was done. And I'm like, see, that wasn't that fucking hard. Had you just not been an asshole about it, you could have been done with her in 30 seconds. But no, you had to drag it out because you have a little bit of power and you want to take it out on somebody who doesn't who know who you know needs to get in there and you are the doorway and so you are going to make yourself as difficult as possible for her to squeeze on through that's not all right so of course then i get to the front of the line uh and then he's like 
you know I could have had you had you know, something akin to the I could have had somebody scorch you out of the premises. I'm like, for what reason? See, there's my mouth again. I could have just let that go. Uh, he goes, well, because, you know, this is a private matter. And he tried to give me some fucking legal mumbo jumbo. And I said, listen, it's just, it was just, uh, just a pointer. You didn't have to take me up on it. But, you know, I, I know what you do is hard. And I literally say this to people. I know that your job is hard, but come on. He grumbled and whatever. And it probably went in one ear and out the other. And he's probably still doing it if he's do, doing it there. But... Not, you know, there's. I, I know that I've been meandering through this whole fucking conversation, but listen, here's my thing. The world owes you nothing, right? And the world is cruel. Nature is cruel. Actually, it's not that it's cruel. It doesn't care. There's an immorality to the way of things, which makes it really difficult for human beings because we're fragile creatures, Right? We have developed tools and we have developed skills to cope better with life, but it's still fucking hard. Puerto Rico still is going into hurricane season, and they still, and they're still not okay from what happened, uh, you know, from the hurricanes that they've had over the course of the last few years. They're just not. And we here we are in two thousand, we're two thousand eighteen, and. In a period of two or three years, right? Uh, you know, a part of our nation is devastated and almost back to square one, right? Uh, Technology-wise, because we're that fragile. Our infrastructure is fragile. Our bodies are fragile. And nature can take it on on us because it doesn't care. Very, very simple. So we have that on, you know, we have that. Then on top of us is the problem that we bring on to ourselves, right? Because we don't value what we do have and the tools that we have as much as we should. And so life is tough enough. And we could make it easier on everybody if we were, more, if we were mindful that if you're relatively okay, then take the next step forward. Even if it means a little bit harder work for you, harder work for you, and help another person out, move your car a hundred yards and park. You can still have yours, and then they'll make it harder on everybody else. Teach your kids that they do have to look out for themselves, and in doing so, they might learn some empathy too. Because when you look out for yourself, you start learn how to look out for others. Because there's other situations that they might have to take care of. That's all I'm trying to say. Is when we stop looking out just for ourselves. Or when we have our relative needs met. I feel like this has been the relativity show. When we have our relative needs met. I would hope that a lot of you. When you can't, because this isn't 100%, trust me, I'm not 100% about it too. Ask the next person, how can I help? Or try to make it easier on the next person on the line. All right? With that being said, happy Friday. Uh, happy beginning of June. I hope everybody's having a great time out there this weekend. It is going to be gorgeous here in Southern California. I'll talk to you all, you all here soon. Peace.